Storm Bowling Products, the bowler's company, presents the Collegiate Spotlight with Coach K. Storm's technical director, Steve Klimkin, also known as Coach K, and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce you to a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us today on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight is USBC Hall of Famer, Team USA assistant head coach Kim Terrell Kearney. Kim was a two-time All-American at San Jose State University. She joined the PWBA back in 1989 and was named Rookie of the Year. She has 10 career titles, including three majors, with the most recent one being in 2008, the U.S. Women's Open. Kim, I want to thank you for joining myself and Coach K. Steve Klemkin today. I'm very excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, Kim, you are the assistant head coach at the ITRC in Arlington, Texas, as well as the assistant coach for Team USA. Talk a little bit about what that entails and what keeps you busy these days. Sure. Well, I've been working with Team USA, so I, I started out as assistant coach for a junior team. Gosh, it's probably been about 10, 11 years now that I've I've um, kind of had the assistant coach duties with that. And then when we opened the training center and our head coach, Rod Ross, and myself, we moved here to Texas, um, we sort of took on the responsibility of the adult team. So um, when it comes to Team USA, we basically... When once the team's been selected and we have a hand in that with both through junior gold and team trials and then through resume, how we sort of determine who who's going to be added to the team in addition to the ones that have made it by pinfall at those events, um, kind of entails the training, education of the players, um, coaching during competitions, quite a bit of travel related to it just during competition competition. And then as well as that, I have the, the duties I, I have here at the International Training and Research Center. So I'm basically like first on deck for lessons um, that we offer here, whether it's individual or group lessons, national teams. So kind of kind of a lot of things. Definitely sounds busy. And, and now you just got back from the team trials in Las Vegas, and you were talking about the people who make the team, you know, based on their score and then the other ones who are the selections. But as far as based on the team, you know, making on 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 their own and on their score, Cameron Doyle. Now he just he just won on the men's side. He's only what 16 years old. I mean, he's a sophomore in high school. I yeah. think. Yeah, he's a junior. You know, I mean, that actually. was an, a, yeah. a junior. Okay, an, an amazing performance. I did watch it uh, on the live streaming. That was that was pretty incredible to see. I mean, he's got some serious serious talent. So, most important question I have for you is. Did you talk to him already about his upcoming collegiate career at Wichita State? Oh, stop. <laughs> tell, me, tell me you have. Come on. It's really funny because I actually sent a text <laughs> yesterday. I said, Cam, I'm going to do this interview. And, you know, certainly folks are interested where he's going to go to college next year and, and what he's looking at. And I won't say I'm surprised given the, you know, the success of the Wichita State program, but it's in his top two at this point, which, you know. All right. So sense. we've got a chance. You're work. telling me. Definitely perfect, have a perfect. But, <laughs> but seriously, what was it like to watch a kid like that? And I say kid because he's 16 years old. To watch him compete against the and beat the Chris Barneses and the Bill O'Neills and the Mike Fagans. I mean, how? Tell us a little bit about you know watching him compete in person. What, what kind of talent and skill? Seems very right, mature to me when I watch him. You know, he really is. And and Cam's been you know his his folks started him pretty young and. Yeah, bowling regionals and and so 
he, along with our other kind of three members that we've had um, on our junior team that's competed for us in the last couple of years, both at PAVCON and World Championships, Cameron, Wesley Lowe, Greg Young, these guys have just, Matt Farber, they just have been bowling in, you know, what seems like adult events since they were kids. And so there's no fear, which is so impressive about them. And we bring them to Hong Kong. And, you know, typically we're spending a lot of time kind of, you know, prepping these kids about this is what it's going to look like and this is the talent that you're going to see there from around the world. There's so many good teams and countries and, you know, these guys just put their shoes on and they go to work. You know, there's not a lot of mm-hmm. dramatics about it. They just they just do their job. And, and Cameron is just, he's been in our program. This is probably the fourth year we've had him on the team. And he's only traveled for us the last two years and he's had kind of significant success. So, you know, we didn't bring him when he was 12 or 13 or whatever, but he is just, you know, he just works his butt off. He's come here a couple times outside of our scheduled training camps to, to work with coach Rod and, and Brian O'Keefe, who was one of our assistant coaches here and myself just on his own. And, you know, he just, he doesn't take anything for granted. He just works hard, which pays off. And on the women's side, we had Shannon Paholsky uh, winning the adult Team USA trials. Talk about Shannon and how you think Shannon would have done back on the PWBA, let's say back in the 90s and 80s, back in its heyday. You know, because Shannon has such a really solid, great fundamental game. How do you think she'd have done, you know, back when you guys and yourself and you guys were out, out touring? Yeah, I mean, we had a lot of good lefties out, and, you know, not to single her out as, but clearly she's the best lefty in the world. I mean, she's proven that over and over again, not to mention one of the best players in the world. So, but she happened, if she were out kind of during those times, we had so many good lefties with Tish and Alita, and there's just so many kids that were just kind of, and a few that were really kind of in their prime when, when things sort of, you know, took the turn for the worse, but you know, Shannon's, she just knows how to win. And so, you know, I guess it's kind of hard to say how many she might have had, but, you know, there's no doubt she'd be in, in the double digits. She's she's going to be a Hall of Famer, even without having the opportunity, opportunities that we had to, to bowl week in and win that week out. Now, you as you mentioned before on team, as far as team trials go, and there's a lot of great players like Cameron and Shannon who did just make the team, but you said you were also involved with that selection part for the additional players um, that are selected to the men's and women's squad. Is that, is that an easy process for you or is that a pretty difficult one? I think it's the hardest thing that I do each year. Uh, Yeah. It feels like, you know, I I used to say, well, between that and, and selecting, you know, when we have to narrow down with all the talent that we have across the country, once they, once the team's been decided who's going to go to what Mm -hmm. event, but you know, team trials and selecting at team trials in junior gold are so tricky because, you know, a lot of times they're, particularly on the youth side, they're not kids that we have a lot of experience with because they age in and age out. So, you know, we have limited exposure to them and what their capabilities are. So we're, you know, kind of drawing on all our resources, you know, how they're doing collegiately if they happen to be a collegiate player and, you know, just trying to get as much information as we can you know, also looking at how they've done in past junior goals and past team trials and, you know, have they been close and we, we've, you know, unfortunately sort of had to go past them to, to go down and get somebody else that, that maybe had a little more experience. And it, it is a painful decision, I have to say. It just, it breaks my heart to, to see the kids that, you know, sometimes, you know, aren't selected, 
sometimes more than I'm happy for the ones that we are able to pick. But it is, it's a difficult decision. It really is. And Kim, I'd like you to discuss how much of a challenge is it to go and decide some of these bowlers. Maybe they had a bad week in Vegas, or maybe something just quite didn't match up, or maybe there was something going on. So just talk a little bit about how you're, else you're able to and what else you guys use as far as how to, how to pick people, because I'm guessing that has to be a very difficult uh, decision-making process and a challenge for you guys. Right. I mean, thankfully, both events are, are on, you know, some of the, the competition patterns that we'll, we'll see when the team is traveling. So that's certainly helping us. But, you know, there's still some times where, you know, we need for them to display versatility. I think sometimes becomes one of the big factors that we're looking for because, you know, on these short patterns, just having the ability to, to change their hand action, to change their ball speed, you know, all of those things are really important in my mind. And, you know, are they, it's, you know, it's difficult to see if they're coachable at that point because, you know, that's, that's a big factor, but, you know, possibly if they've been in the program before, we have an understanding of, you know, how they, they've taken to our coaching style and, and how they fit with, like you said, the, the current members and, and just trying to put all those pieces together. You know, the, you know, one of the big things that, that sometimes worries me is we don't want to lose a kid. And, you know, if you take the chance of, of skipping past them one year, a kid or an adult, and you, you skip past them, there's the worry that they won't come back. You know, that they feel like, oh, I'm never going to get picked. They don't like me and all all the things that sort of run through their mind. And, and I understand it because being a player and being in this program as well, you know, it's just sort of some of the insecurities start to rise and you start worrying about they just don't think I'm good enough. And, you know, so many times that's not it's not the reason. It's not the, the, the reason that, you know, they've gotten overlooked, I guess you'd say. And we want to make sure that they understand if we can, you know, there's times where, you know, folks will, will call and and ask, you know, what's going on? Why didn't I get picked? And, you know, we do our best to, you know, it is confidential in a lot of cases, but we really are just, we want to make sure that the kids just can get better if we can provide them with, with the things that we think would make them more, make them better in the future, we try. Yeah, that can be, I'm, I can imagine that'd be tough on somebody who thinks that they definitely deserve to get picked. Um, but that is yeah. one of the things where at least the fact that it's not only selection and you do have the opportunity to make it by score, that that would, right. you know, you, you do have that, that opportunity to, you know, if you're the highest, uh, you knock down the most pins, you're making the team, you know. Right. Um, a question I have for you, Kim, a little different topic now. One of the biggest events you guys host there at the ITRC every, uh, every year, I think it happens in the summertime, that college combine event. Now, how, you guys are still doing that, and, and if so, how does it work, and where, where, do, where do the younger players go if they want to sign up or register for that? Right, our combine. We're really proud of this event. I, I think, um, you know, there's value for both the players and, and the, coach, the college coaches, um, but this year it'll be held August 4th through the 8th. Uh, the girls on the front end, so the girls are going to be there August 4th, 5th, and 6th, and they'll overlap the boys who are will be in the center of the 6th, 7th, and 8th. Um, our application process is due to, you know, what, uh, to be out on bowl.com on February 1st. So you can find the application at bowl.com or bowlingitrc.com. Um, we just, you know, hope we get kids to apply and, and the applications will close on May 1st. So in the last couple of years, we've had a uh, hundred kids. We have a smaller center, so we can't accommodate accommodate everyone. So that's why we, we kind of run through the application process and 
and we base it on obviously their their sport average, their average throughout the year, their bowling achievements, academics, all those things are, are important when we're kind of trying to sit down and decide who would be a, a good candidate for some of these coaches. What's pretty unique about it is that um, it's really just objective data. You know, instead of, like you said, just getting an average, which, you know, when I coached collegiately, recruiting was one of the hardest things for me. And, you know, one, because, you know, we don't have a good staff. We don't have a big staff. We don't have, you know, a big recruiting budget. So you're you're basically, you know, you get a kid that sends you a DVD and you get an average and they're high game and you're trying to make a decision on whether they're going to make be a good fit for your team, if you're going to invest in bringing them on campus and, and finding out more about them. And so... It, it we wanted to provide these coaches with some data that would, um, you know, there's no coaching anything. It's just simply they're shooting spares. We're looking at their versatility, their repeatability. They take a couple tests, a problem-solving test. They do a bowling IQ test. We bring them in the gym with our sports performance specialist, and they they do a 12-minute run, a balance test, uh, a core strength test. And they're sort of ranked in all of these different categories, as well as an overall ranking, and each day the coaches get this information, and it's up to them to, you know, we're just trying to give them more to work with, and at the same time, it's going to uncover the strengths and weaknesses of the players. So what advice do you have for younger players who are looking to compete at that collegiate level? Well, I think some of the... uh, Really, what's, what gets difficult is, is just sometimes getting seen. You know, there's so many great kids, and Junior Gold is an awesome event, but there's so many kids there. And that's one of the few places that the coaches invest their recruiting dollars to go out and see. They're trying to put names and faces together. And sometimes, you know, unfortunately, if you don't have a great event, you might get overlooked. So, you know, our bowling combine, Turbo does a great event up in Michigan, um, Kegel's doing something as well. There's these things are starting to pop up all around to get out there and just be seen. And don't be afraid to contact the colleges and say, "Hey, I'm interested in your program." Send them a DVD and and be persistent because <laughs> I'll say it again. I was lousy at recruiting. I wasn't good at it because I was, you know, so involved in trying to make my season work the way I wanted it to go. Things started to pile up and. If you just stay persistent and, you know, because a lot of them are part-time coaches and just say, hey, I really want to do this. Let them know that you're interested. They'll look for you. But sometimes they don't get found. They don't get found. So you've got to really, really kind of do it on your end if bowling collegiately is important to you. Hey, last question I have for you, Kim. Now, you've won two U.S. Open titles. Now, what, what kind of tips do you have? You know, the U.S. Open is always known for having real demanding uh, conditions and sport conditions, and thankfully our our younger generation of players have, are really growing up now, um, being very familiar with with sport patterns and, and tougher lane conditions, not just the the typical house shots. But but what tips do you have for bowlers who do have a tendency of struggling a lot on sport conditions? You know, some players I've noticed they may have a <clears throat> excuse me may have a 30 40 pin difference in their average from league shots to to sport shots, and then other players only have a, maybe a 5 to 10 pin difference or so. What, what, what tips do you have for those players who are really struggling on the tougher conditions? I think a lot of times when it, it seems when folks are having trouble on sport patterns is that they're looking for, for too much back-end reaction. And I think if you can find a way to keep the ball in front of you and control the pocket that way instead of looking for you know kind of the hook that we see on house patterns, you're not going to see it. 
when we get on the longer patterns to understand that you just want to keep it kind of a small motion and not look for this big change because the pattern's so long, by the time the ball exits that pattern, there's not a lot of time for it to, for all of that to happen. So I think sometimes that's a big factor and, and really understanding how to spare. I think we get away with, with not having uh, sometimes a solid spare game when we're bowling on, on some of the easier patterns. And when people aren't good spare shooters, it really, really shows when they get on these sport patterns. So having a spare system yeah. and one that works on all the distances, whether you're using plastic, going straight at things is always what I would advise because, you know, trying to cross too many boards on this, whether you're shooting spares or on your first shot, usually is going to spell trouble. That's a good, you know, you mentioned something important there too about the plastic, you know, and, and the plastic stuff definitely important if you, if you, if your hand rotates around to the side of the ball to use plastic because the, the goal is to get the ball to travel straight, Right. Right. Yeah. And I was horrible as a player. I was so bad at getting my hand up the back. I had so much axis rotation. And so I was always on the side and I could never get the ball to go straight enough down lane. So um, back then we weren't really smart about to use plastic in the beginning and I was just kind of bad at it. And then as you know, my career went on, I think I became a much better spare shooter when I started getting a much weaker ball in my hand and finding ways to get it to go straight. So for those that aren't great at, at getting the ball to go straight just by simply manipulating their hand action, plastic is, I think, the best solution to that. And, Kim, can we expect to see you out competing on a personal, uh, you're, you know, with your game and such? Uh, are you going to be bowling some of the PBA, the women's PBA events? We know things are getting rolling coming up here shortly. Can we expect to see you out bowling? And, do you, how, you know, I guess how competitive? It sounds like you're so entrenched in helping others. Are you still able to bowl competitively as well? Not quite as much. I think, you know, kind of being in the center, you know, as a full-time job training, and, and I think that does keep me sharp, so I will say that, because it keeps my mind sort of, you know, in, involved in the changes in the game, and, and that's all important. I, I have to say that in the last few years, not having a lot of things to bowl, um, I think it started to, to show a little bit, particularly last year, but um, I'm going to bowl some. I, I'd really like to. I I, I don't know if I will be able to bowl the majority of them again because I have a job that requires that I'm here. But um, I'd, I'd like to, to certainly – I miss competing, I do. And I miss having something to train for and, and all those things. So I think it's it's obviously the greatest thing in the world for, for women bowlers right now to have – there's so many good collegiate players and players that have you know recently um, left the collegiate era that – area that that needs somewhere to bowl and so i'm so excited for them that just you know they they get a chance to show their their talents and you know people can see around the world how how many great great bowlers we have here well great stuff kim again thanks for joining us and all the best of luck with everything down in arlington and uh, we'll keep us informed on everything, and if there's ever anything myself or Steve can do, we, we'd love to do it for you guys down there. We're a big supporter of everything that goes on at the training center and, and at USBC. Thank you so much. It was, it was an honor. Thanks so much.